0: You are listening to Stand Out, Get Noticed, Episode 217. Hi there, rock star, and welcome to Stand Out, Get Noticed. I'm Christina Cantors, here with you for your weekly dose of communication, speaking and mindset-focused tips, insights, and inspiration. I'm so glad to have you joining me today. Welcome. Welcome. Now, if you've been listening the last couple of weeks, you'll know that something very exciting is coming. It's the C-Method Academy, our online membership program. Now, we did fill all 10 founding member spots, and I will be working with those founding members to build up the Academy and make it as valuable as possible for when we launch. And the, the Academy will launch in October And I will be offering early bird one-time membership rates for the first people who join. So if you want to take your communication, your speaking and your leadership skills and everything you've learned on this podcast to the next level, make sure you're on the wait list and you'll be the first to be notified when membership opens. Go to thecmethod.com slash join. The link is also in the description of this podcast in your app. That's thecmethod.com slash join. I'm so excited for this rock star. I can't even even tell you. I can't wait. So join the wait list and I will see you real soon. Okay, today on the podcast, I'm sharing with you a powerful anxiety-busting strategy for when you are speaking to an audience. Now, I get asked all the time, how can I reduce my nerves? How can I not feel so anxious? And there are many ways to do this. Okay, so this is one way. And the reason why I'm sharing this particular strategy and giving it its own episode is because it is one of the most effective ways that I have found to reduce your nerves and anxiety when speaking to an audience. I've learned this for myself and it's worked for my clients, so I'm confident it'll work for you as well. And what is it? It's all about humanizing your audience. Show notes for this episode will be at thecmethod.com slash 217. I'll pop in the links to other resources I mention in there. Now, this podcast was inspired by a coaching session I had with a client yesterday. Now, this client of mine, he is struggling with his nerves and anxiety when it comes to public speaking. And he comes to the session and he and he and he tells me what goes through his mind when he's standing up in front of an audience. And he tells me, I don't even see the individual people when I'm speaking. He says, I, I see the audience as a single faceless mass, this sort of blank mass of, of, of bodies, and it makes me really anxious. Now, in my experience, I have found that one person's struggle is not unique. Believe it or not, right? whatever you are going through, someone else is going through as well. Um, I was at my Toastmasters meeting the other day and one of the guests at the end, um, we asked for her feedback and she said, oh, when we were when we each had to talk for 10 seconds, you know, answering that question, my heart was pounding as, as it approached me, as we went around the table. And I said, who here also gets the heart pounding when it's almost their turn? And literally every single person in the room put their hand up. And my client was there and he said to me later, um... He said, I had no idea that everyone else felt that way. I said, yeah, it, it happens. So when my client came to me with this challenge and we worked through it ar- around seeing the audience as a faceless mass, I thought, you know what? I'm sure, well, I'm I'm certain that there will be other people who have this challenge as well. So this is why I am sharing this with you on the podcast. And what I'm going to do today is I'm going to take you through the exercise I did with my client. To help you to humanize your audience. Okay. So, firstly, I'll just explain why this is the case, why we, uh, what happens when we don't humanize our audience. Now, I've talked a bit before on this podcast around being human. And um, I interviewed Celeste Halliday on the podcast a few episodes ago, uh, episode 214. um, And we talked about being more human in the workplace. Um, even the conversation I had with Dr. Kristen Gullery, you know, we talked about sharing your personal story and bringing that human element. And what it comes down to is that when you're human, it allows you to connect with other people and it allows you to empathize with them, feel compassion for them. And it's the same way when we make our audience more human as well. So when we don't humanize our audience and we see them as just this faceless, judgmental blob, it becomes, you know, us versus them. We, we don't connect with them and we feel like we're up on a stage performing for a judgmental audience. So when I talk about humanizing your audience, I mean seeing them as individual people and not just individual people, but also to feel compassion and empathy for them. And when we're able to do this, it enables us to think of our presentation as a conversation between you and each person. Think about the level of nerves, your level of nerves when you're speaking with someone one-on-one. I asked this to my client yesterday and he said, I'm fine one-on-one. I'm not, I'm not nervous. And it's because you're connecting with that person. You're learning about them, understanding them, and you see them as being equal to you, right? You're just two people having a conversation. Now imagine if you could do this with every single person in your audience, imagining that you, that that presentation is you simply having a conversation with each person. Another reason why this is so powerful, humanizing your audience, is that it takes that, the focus off you You know, often a big cause of our anxiety is because we make the presentation all about us. We think, I have to be perfect. I have to deliver. I have to nail this. I have to look like I know more than the audience. I have to impress them. And we make it all about ourselves, which is incredibly nerve-wracking because we feel like we have to be perfect, which, of course, is impossible. So when we humanise our audience it then takes the focus off ourselves. Um, and I'll break that down for you. Okay. I know you you all love step-by-step uh, uh, steps. <laughs> That's what I get told quite a bit. Christina, I love that you break it down and easy to follow step-by-steps. So I'm going to do that for you right now. Now, this is the exercise I did with my client. Now, we used a, a big whiteboard in the room You can also use a whiteboard or you can use separate sheets of paper. So I would recommend getting five sheets of blank paper or your large whiteboard and draw on each sheet of paper a stick figure face and leave some room for writing on the side as well. So maybe on half of that piece of paper, draw a stick figure. Doesn't have to be a good drawing, just a round face and um, you know a face, some hair, maybe arms and legs if you want to go a little crazy. Now, each of these figures represents an audience member. Now, these could be real audience members that you know are going to be in your audience or they could be, you know, a caricature of someone who represents someone in your audience. And what you're going to do is write down next next to the stick figure, what's their name? What's their age? What do they do? What position do they have? Do they have, you know, What's their marital status. Do they have kids? What nationality are they? So write a few dot points about them and their demographic. Now these, I mean, you might make it up, right, or you might actually know this for sure. Then after that, you're going to write down three problems that this person is facing right now. Three problems. And you can make up these problems. You don't have to know this for sure, but I want you to think of, you know, what are three everyday problems that they have? And this could be to do with anything that's going on in their lives. Okay. Now I don't care who you are. Everyone has problems. Um, I remember Dr. Kristen Gillery. In the interview we did, she she's a PhD, right? And she said that when she shared her personal story and her struggles, she once had a woman come up to her afterwards and say, "I didn't realise PhDs uh, had problems." And she was like, "What? Of course we have problems. You know, even super rich people have problems, right? Super famous people have problems. Um, They might have a, a drug habit, or they might have, you know." They, they might, might be estranged from their family or they might be worried about their kids being kidnapped because they're so wealthy, right? Even people who seem really successful have problems. Um, now, I want you to get really, you know, specific about these problems and you can make them as big or small as you want. Think about the problems you and your family and friends have, you know, being overworked, badly behaving kids, always forgetting to turn the iron off, tenants who don't pay their rent. A broken phone with a crack across the camera so you can't take selfies. Finding pantry moths in your kitchen. Mmm, happened to me before. That's a real problem. Not feeling good enough at work. Not knowing what to wear in the morning. A lost cat. Being in debt. A loved one passing away. Uh, Planes that get delayed. Not enough money. Too much money. Pens that run out of ink. Long lines at Disneyland. Bad customer service. When your phone chews up all your data in a day, and now you're stranded in the middle of nowhere without Google Maps, and you have no idea how to get home. Everyday problems. Make something up. I want you to write these down next to the um, next to the the stick figures that you've drawn. And then once you've done that, I want you to say out loud who these people are. Okay. So have a look at this person you've drawn and what you've written, and say. Okay, I'm talking to Sarah. She's 41 years old, works part-time as an accountant and has two young children. Three problems she's facing right now are she feels stressed because she doesn't have much time to herself, her car broke down yesterday and she can't afford to get it fixed, and her husband works long hours and isn't always around to take care of the kids. So this is one example, right, of an audience member. Another example. So I'm looking at the next stick figure on my wall and saying, I'm talking to Steve. He's 54 years old, the chair of the committee, lives in a nice suburb, has one grown-up son. Three problems he's facing right now. He is very upset because he just found out his wife of 30 years is cheating on him. Plus, his son isn't speaking to him over a fight they had six months ago, and his doctor has told him he needs to give up alcohol for health reasons. Okay, so talk to your audience members and well, explain who is this person. Paint that picture. Now, when you look at the people you've created, say out loud, Steve, I have so much compassion for you. You are going through a lot right now. That must be really challenging for you. And I want you to really feel, try to feel that compassion for your audience member. Poor old Steve, that'd that'd totally suck to find out that your wife is cheating on you. How, how sad is it that your son isn't speaking to you? That's that's awful. Man, I have so much compassion. And on the outside, Steve might present that he's, you know, he's fine and he's successful and he's got nothing to worry about and he's super confident. But behind the scenes, man, he's got a lot of stuff going on. And when you can start to generate these genuine feelings of compassion and empathy for your audience, you realise that they're just humans with their own fears, worries and insecurities. And it takes the focus off you. You think, "Oh my gosh, I really feel for you. Why am I worrying about my own insecurities when you are just as insecure, if not more insecure than me?" Right? And doing that, it just it just softens it softens us and it it relaxes us and it takes away that level of anxiety. And I said to my client last night, after he did this exercise, I said, how would you now feel speaking to an audience? of, Let's say it's Steve, right? I said, how would you feel if, if you were speaking to an audience of Steve's? He said, I'd feel good. I wouldn't feel nervous because I know that the audience is, well, he, he is going through some really tough times. So it's powerful, Rockstar. It's super powerful. Now, that might be enough for you right there. Okay, to practice that. And I recommend you do this in a place you feel comfortable, you know, by yourself or with a close friend and talk this through and generate those feelings of compassion while you're there. So not while you're yet public speaking. So that's the first level, we might say. Now, the next step is to then do it on the spot, right? Or do it in that high pressure situation when you are speaking to an audience, Now, I recommend you do the first one first, right, by yourself in a room and practice that first while you're already feeling relaxed. Then when you are in a higher pressure situation, um, a couple of extra tips for you. Um, I might have mentioned this. In fact, I'm sure I've mentioned this before because it's really good. Talk to people beforehand. So go and meet them. Introduce yourself. Say, hi, my name is, what's your name? What brings you here today? and see them as the humans they are. I find this helps me so much if I'm speaking at a conference. You know, when you look at a big audience, you go, oh my God, look at this audience. They're all judging me. But when you go into the audience and you meet them one by one and you go, oh, this is Dave and he's here because he wants to learn more about this. This is Cheryl and she's here because she, you know, is looking for more opportunities for something. And this is Mary, you know, and, and you see them as individual people, it it really makes a difference. Now, when you are, so that's beforehand, that's before you speak. Now, when you speak, there are a few ways you could do this. I want you to find what works for you because what works for me, what works for my client, you know, might be different for you. So one thing you might like to do is when when you're speaking, pick three or four people in the audience who have kind faces and who are smiling at you. Right, some people call this the warm spots. Look for the warm spots in the audience, and then in your mind think, "Ah, oh, yeah, there's Steve. You know, there's Steve, fifty-four year old. You know, wife's cheating on him." Right? Just make I mean, look. You don't know this for sure, but you're just making it up, right? You're making it up. We're telling ourselves a story about the audience that's going to help us. So look from person to person and go, oh, there's so and so, and they have these problems," and as you. As you are making eye contact, you know look at look at that person, make eye contact with that person, and talk directly to them. So yes, you are addressing the whole audience, and the whole audience is listening. But as you're speaking, I want you to pretend that you're having that a one-to-one conversation with that person. Now, if you can, I recommend starting. And practicing this with an audience you feel more comfortable with, because it might be easier for you to feel compassion for them. For example, I was speaking with my client about this, and he goes to um, Toastmasters, and we talked about the challenges that people who come to Toastmasters have, and we agreed that you know people who generally come to Toastmasters they want to improve their public speaking because maybe they you know don't feel like um, they, maybe they do get really nervous and anxious maybe they don't feel good enough in the workplace and they want to get to the next level or maybe they don't they, they feel like they don't have a supportive network around them and that's why they come to toastmasters so it was relatively easy for my client to generate those feelings of compassion for for that audience um, compared to say at a, a conference where he might be speaking with people he doesn't he doesn't know okay so if he can start with an audience that is uh, that you feel more comfortable with. All right, so that is the next level. And I wonder if we have time for to go to the next level. Oh, yeah, I think we I think we're all good. So the next step after that, and this is going to help you when writing your presentation, is to write down a problem that each person has, so you're going back to each stick figure person. And writing down a specific problem that your presentation can solve. Now, this, present, uh, this problem, you might think, oh, it's not really a problem. So it may not be super obvious, but it could simply be um, that they don't have knowledge of a certain topic and they want to learn more. Maybe they're not feeling very motivated right now and need a bit of inspiration. If it's a work meeting... Perhaps the problem your team members are facing is that they don't know the status of a project or there is confusion as to who is working on what, right? So think about what is that specific challenge that your audience has that your presentation is going to solve. And when you get really clear on this, it will help you to write your presentation. Now, I go into detail about this in the episode on how to start your presentation strong, which is episode 180, and I'll link to that in the show notes as well. So that is the next level for you. And when you can get really clear on the specific problems your audience has that you can solve in that presentation, it's going to make, and you, and, you, and you then address that in your presentation. Um, it helps your presentation to be super engaging, and your audience will go oh, yes, I absolutely want to listen to that. But if you are getting started, then I do recommend you you start with steps one, step two, generating that compassion for your audience, okay? So I want you to think about your next speaking opportunity and where you might be able to apply this. It could be a formal presentation. It could be a meeting. You know it could even be a conversation with a senior person where normally you might feel intimidated talking with them one on one. So you know write, you know draw draw a picture of them or maybe grab their photo and make up some problems that they might be facing in their life. So that's what I wanted to offer you this week. Implement it and let me know how you go. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Um I'm always happy to, you know, hear from podcast listeners. Connect with me on LinkedIn, send me a message and let me know, did this work for you? Did it help to reduce your anxiety? What's shifted for you? And if this is something that you would love to study further and implement and receive hands-on help and support with, then as I mentioned at the start of this episode, sign up for the C Method Academy waitlist. It's going to be opening in October. So make sure you go to the cmethod.com/join to jump on the waitlist and be the first to be notified when we open that membership. And of course, we will be offering a special early bird member rate as well. But you won't find out about that unless you're on the waitlist. So I look forward to seeing you real soon. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Keep on being awesome, Rockstar. I'm Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed.